0: turn in your Bibles to 1st John chapter 2. We are going to continue where we left off last week. Remember again this all began in verse 7 and uh, I want to read verses 7 through 10 as just an introduction just so that we know what we're talking about and then I'll progress through um, some information to get us to where we were last week. And finish off what I wanted to actually finish off last week, but I, I didn't want to rush. So, beginning in First John chapter two and verse seven, the Apostle John says, "Brethren, I write no new commandment to you." Remember again, he's writing to the church; he's not writing to sinners, uh, because a lot of this can be taken to mean, especially when you read some of this stuff, you think it can't be a brother. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? Uh, but it is, and we discussed this before uh, about carnal Christians. And so we really need to read that first word and and acknowledge it when he says, Brethren, I write no new commandment to you, but an old commandment which you have heard from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you heard from the beginning. Verse 8, again, a new commandment I write to you, which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. Verse 9, he who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now verse 10 he who loves his brother abides in the light and there is no cause for stumbling in him so when we read those four work, four verses we understand that this is talking about the commandment of love and he's saying that the reason that it's a, it's it's not a new you know he's playing around with the words new and old because he's saying it's not a new commandment it is something that was given in in the old testament but it was changed and so what they did was take the, the, um, the commandment of love your neighbor and added the little extra bit, but hate your enemy. And so a commandment became something other than what God intended it to be. And so the, the reason that the Apostle John says it's a new commandment is he's because Jesus came and redefined it and said, yeah, love your neighbor and your enemies as well. And the Jews just couldn't handle that. (laughs) So that was a new commandment to them. So we were looking at that last time. And I don't want to go over all of that again. But what I do want to do is pick up in verse 8. Where he says again, a new commandment I write to you. Now, I made uh, mention of this before. Simon J. Kissamaker explained it and said in the New Testament times. Jesus gave new meaning to the command to love one another's neighbor. Uh, or one's neighbor, when he taught the parable of the Good Samaritan. Remember, we discussed that last time. Amen? And uh, when he told uh, his listeners that the command to love one's neighbor extended even to the enemy or his enemy. Jesus became known as a friend of tax collectors and sinners and me. (laughs) I'll put my name in that, okay? All right. And then he goes on to say here, which thing is true in him and in you? And we talked about this before. The thing that was true in him was that he walked in God's love. And it was a divine love. It was a love that was willing to give up his life for all of us. Amen? And we talked about when he was on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Now that is love. Amen? Amen. And so, F.F. Bruce said, If Christian fellowship is marked by God's love, then it will be recognized as the fellowship of Christ's followers. It will bear the unmistakable stamp of His love. And remember again, according to Howard Marshall, said that the disciples are to be found walking in the light and themselves shedding light. Remember again, we looked at Matthew chapter 5 and verse 14, where Jesus said, you are the light of the world. Amen. So we are meant to be not only walking in the light, but we are meant to be shedding that light as well. We are meant to be lights. And why the Apostle John actually says, the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. In other words, the darkness of the old age... In which men did not love in this sort of way, all right, referring to loving their enemies as well, is disappearing, and the light of the new age in which Christian divine love is shown is already begun or shining. However, as Simon Chrysomacher pointed out, note that the darkness has not yet disappeared. It is being dispelled because the light of the gospel of Christ enlightens the believers. Further, John identifies the light as true to indicate that all of the light is merely a reflection. This true light is shining already at this very moment. Now, this is where we're going to pick up today. So that was our revision. Okay, you all up with me now? All right, okay. (laughs) All right, so now that the Apostle John has identified the true light, as believers walking in the God kind of love, then there is no surprise that Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, Jesus said, you are the light. So we're seeing two things now, and I want to bring these two things together before I go on to the last thing, which I wanted to talk to you about last week. And that is that the true light was us walking in love, but then there is something else. What, what happens when we receive Jesus Christ on the inside of us is that we receive light on the inside of us. When He says that you are the light of the world, what we're going to see today is that we are not the light without Him. Do you understand? And that's the reason why I really didn't want to rush it last week. Because we really need to look at that and acknowledge that um, in order for us to understand how to stay in the light and how to be the light. Did you get that? Because if you think you're going to do all those things by yourself, forget about it. Alright, it ain't happening. Alright, you can try, but you need that new birth. You need something supernatural on the inside of you in order to do all of these things. Do you hear me? Amen. All right, so let's look at the source or origin of this true light. In first, uh, excuse me, in John chapter one. So we're going to John's gospel now. We were looking at the epistle of John. Now we're going to his gospel. He wrote a lot of books. Okay, <laughs> remember again, he's the one that wrote the Gospel of John, the epistles, first, second, and third, and also Revelation. All right, and and it's very interesting that uh, he wasn't such an intellectual person. He wasn't unknown; he was just not very, not a great intellect. All right, because remember, he was again a fisherman. Amen. So isn't it interesting when you get hooked up with God, all kind of amazing things begin to happen. You start writing books now. <laughs> right? You go to heaven. You see things. All sorts of amazing things begin to happen. All right, You heal sick people and they can't kill you and all sorts of things. Anyway, so looking at this again. John chapter 1 verse 4. It says, In Him was life and the life was the light of men. Please make note of that. In Him, this is talking about Jesus Christ, was life... And the life was the light of men. Understand something, that when you have life, you have light. This kind of life. And we need to understand something. All of us who are breathing today, including the worst atheist out there, has God's life in him. This is the reason why it says that people know on the inside of them that something more exists. Because every breath that they take tells them that there is something more. We need to understand that the origin of life... See, this is again... I'm talking about origins right now. The origin of life is Him. Are you getting what I'm saying? Amen? And so this tells us... Because if you, if you want there to see it, then you need to find a source that will tell us where it all began. That's not fables and fairy tales. That can be verified on several, you know, in several ways. And dear God, has it been verified, historically and scientifically and everything else. Anyway, so verse 5 says, And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Now, I want you to notice that when the light began to shine, there was no defense against the light. Did you get that? That's what it means when it says, And the darkness couldn't, didn't comprehend it. It had no defense. Have you ever turned on a light? And I've said this before, but you know, I think it's worth repeating. Have you ever turned on a light? And and, and the light begins to move and, and the darkness goes, No, I'm not leaving. Uh, and the and and you know slowly the light has to push the darkness out. You know, if that's happening, you're on drugs and get off of it. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> okay? <coughs> Have you noticed when you switch a light on, all no, the darkness goes? I mean, there's there's no fight there, it's only in people's heads, all right? There's no fight. This tells us that when you switch it on, the darkness will disappear. When you become the light, when you shine as the light, literally God on the inside of you begins to shine. So whenever you go into a situation, always understand that it's not you by yourself going in. It's you and God. And woe to everybody else. But only while you exercise your faith. Yeah, I need to say that. (laughs) Okay? Because if you go in there and you allow fear to override what's in you, it will shut down what's in you. Please don't let that happen. See, this is the reason why the Bible says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Because they don't know, they don't exercise their faith, they don't understand that whenever they go into a situation, they go in strong. Wherever you go, you are the one with the authority. Do you hear me? So, you know, (laughs) you need to understand that you're in a position of strength wherever you are. Because of this. And this is what I want to bring out to you today. That's why I didn't want to rush through this. You need to understand, number one, when you walk in love, you're walking in the light. Number two, you need to understand that you are the light. Number three, you need to understand that the light comes from Jesus Christ living on the inside of you. Amen? So you've got all of this light that you are walking in, living in, emanating from you. Where's where's the problem? It's us. You don't know this, you don't walk it. Today, you're finding out. Can I please ask you, as you find this out, walk in it. Amen? Alright, let's continue. Verse 6 it says, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. I mean, uh, John chapter 1. Verse 7, this man came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. See, a lot of people thought John was the light, but he wasn't. Which is the reason why the Apostle John is, a, is writing about John the Baptist. These are two Johns. Okay? <laughs> all, right. all right. And so he says, he makes it very clear that he, the Apostle John makes it clear that John the Baptist wasn't the light. He was fantastic, but he wasn't the light. Notice what he says. He was there to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. He was not that light, uh, but was sent to bear witness of that light. Verse 8, verse 9. This is where I want to focus on. He says, that was the true light. Notice, the true light. Did you see that? Did you remember in 1 John chapter 2 and verse 8? The darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining you see it now? Okay. And here the Apostle John writes in John 1.9, that was the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. Like I said, every breath that everyone breathes comes from God. Amen. Isn't it sad that they use that breath to deny Him and, and do all sorts of things that are not good. But then you are here today doing everything right. I say by faith in Jesus name. Amen. <laughs> all right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I know we're all getting there. Okay? I understand we're not all perfect and thank God. That's the reason why we saw first John 1:9. If we confess our sin. Amen. He said he didn't, you know, he didn't say if by chance you happen to sin one day in your life, it's like no, nah, baby. However many times you sin, if you if you acknowledge it, he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us. Amen. Forgive us of all sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. In that, again, remember that restores you back to a place of righteousness. Not the filthy rags, but true righteousness. Amen. Alright. Understanding this, in his commentary, Colin G. Cruz writes, The darkness is passing away because the true light has begun to shine. The true light here is best understood to refer to Jesus Christ himself. In the fourth gospel, as we've just seen, Jesus Christ is the true light coming into the world, which the darkness cannot overcome. And there can be little doubt that the true light that is already shining in 1 John chapter 2 and verse 8 is a reference to Jesus Christ also, even though the explicit identification is not made. Can we get amen on that? Okay, alright. Therefore, what we see from all of this is, Whatever light we shine with, and this is what's important, whether it is in our love walk, whether it's in forgiveness or patience or kindness and so on, all right, that we show others, or all the outward deeds that we do, all the good works. Remember again, that was in um, Matthew chapter 5, where he says, let your light, in Matthew five sixteen 16, when, when Jesus said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Remember that? Okay, I didn't want to re-preach that today because we did that last week. But, so regardless of whether it is the light that you walk in, or whether it is the good works that display that light. See, and let me just, let me talk about that for a minute, shall we? One of the things that displays the light that's in you is the stuff you do the people around you. Okay? It's, it's not light when you're, you know, when somebody needs help and you kind of just walk past. Remember, we talked about the the Good Samaritan. And you need to understand that one of the things, you know, one of the ways that you display your light, and can I say this, the more that you do this, the more it allows God to work on your behalf to do some extraordinary things for you. So let me just reread this. (laughs) Whatever light we shine with, whether it is in our love walk, or all the outward deeds or good works that result from that love, it all comes from Jesus Christ. Living on the inside of us. In addition to the new birth that he bought and paid for with his own blood. Do you understand that? Amen. If we didn't have that new birth on the inside of us. We wouldn't have the ability to manage God on the inside. See that was the whole point of salvation. A lot of times people think that they need to be saved from wrong thinking. That is a part of what you are saved from. You're brought out of darkness into the light. But that isn't the key to all of this. Because remember what Jesus said to Nicodemus. In all of his enlightenment state, you know, like he was doing everything right, basically. He was a good guy, Nicodemus. You know, one of the Pharisees that was good. Hallelujah. That was... <laughs> anyway. Uh, but remember, even to him, he said, you must be born again. Why did he say that? He, didn't, he wasn't saying, Nicodemus, what you are isn't enough. He was saying that you are extraordinary in who you are and what you're doing. But the only way that you're going to heaven is something inside of you has to change. There is a spirit being on the inside that if it doesn't become like God, won't ever be in a position to be with God. Do you all get that? So that's why no good works get you to heaven. A recreated spirit gets you there. That's the reason why we're having this problem here now. And you need to understand that the Apostle John is saying, you guys have a recreated spirit, but you're all acting like turkeys. Y'all no, have to stop doing that. <laughs> you know, can you please start reflecting on the outside what you're like on the inside? And can I just say this? There will be people, sorry to say, that are Christians, that are born again, that are going to heaven, that are terrible. Probably a thorn in your side. <laughs> okay? Just, you know what? Just realize that's, the, that's, the, that's a thing. Can I say that? <sighs> Amen. Can you not be that thing? <laughs> Amen. Okay, no, I, I know you're not. All right, hallelujah. You're coming here, you're learning. All right. <laughs> where does this all lead to? As we, uh, as a body of Christ, begin to walk in this more and more, we will in time come to the place where we will be that glorious church that the Apostle Paul described in Ephesians 5.27 when he said that he might present her to himself a glorious church not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. Amen? It's only as we walk in this love will we ever get to that place where we are glorious. We need to understand something. When God created us in the beginning, what, what, what is God? God is light. And He created us in His image and likeness. See, that's the reason why they they didn't realize they were naked until they sinned. Because they, you know, just like, can I give you a little illustration? It's like a bird that has all these gorgeous feathers. Okay, we were covered in the glory of God. It was our covering. See, have you ever realized something? Did you notice that we're one of the creatures that don't have a covering? Do you know why? Because we had one to begin with. And we lost it. So it would be like, this, the Psalms talk about this as well. But we were covered in the glory of God. Why we were made in His image and likeness? Do you understand? God is not wearing clothes. God is covered, it tells us, He's covered from head to toe in light. So when He made us, He made us in His image, this is the light that God is giving back to us. This is the light that we are meant to be displaying. This is the light that we are meant to be at the end, which is what the Apostle Paul talks about when he talks about the glorious church. And we need to understand, it's just like a bird that one day sinned, and all of its feathers fell off. Have you all seen those in the cartoons? And it kind of goes, okay, and wanders off. (laughs) You know, (laughs) Exactly. We don't realize how how accurate that is for mankind. Suddenly the glory went, and we were like, (laughs) okay, one second please. Where's the leaf? Where's the leaf? Hello. (laughs) I don't know what they use, but you know. All right. That's the glory that is being reinstated back to mankind. I was going to say the the church, but it's actually mankind. Amen. So when we ask people to get saved, we're not telling them to change religions, we're trying to dress them. Amen. We're trying to put it back on. So that we can start shining the way we should. And I pray one day we'll get to that place. In fact, the Apostle Paul, that's what he means. That Notice he says that he might present her to himself a glorious church. It, is, it was his hope that we get there. It is my desire that we get there someday. Amen? Now you might be feeling the furthest thing from that right now. It doesn't matter. It takes little things to get you there. It takes little decisions Go right instead of wrong. Amen? Whenever you come to those folks in the road, always go right. Don't go wrong. Because you you have the light living in you. And you want to allow that light to continue to shine more and more with everything that you do. Remember, your good works cause you to shine more and more. Now, you don't do good works to get into heaven because you're already going. You understand that? Amen? All right. What I'm going to do is introduce verse 9 to you. I pray that we get all of this. All right. The next section we're going to be looking at is in First John chapter two, verses nine through eleven. So let me just read this here. He says, "He who says he is in the light." Now remember, we were talking about the light. All right. Now, now here, we, this is actually the last thing that uh, the Apostle John is going to address. The, the the final claim, false claim that is being made, that he's going to address uh, when he says. He who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. Now, this tells us something. You can't say that you're in the light and have hate in your heart for someone. We're going to talk about this now. And nobody came next week. No, okay. (laughs) Please do come. (laughs) Um, He says in verse 10, who loves his brother abides in the light and there is no cause for stumbling in him, He goes in to say in verse 11, But he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. There's some very powerful things in there that we're going to be looking at next time. But let me introduce this to you. Notice the thing he says here. He who says he is in the light and hates his brother. I want you to understand that there are going to be some people that will say they're Christians. All right. And yet they have a really bad attitude towards you. And you know, if ever you question and say, Are you really a Christian? You go, Yes, I am. Now you understand the kind of Christian, right? (laughs) Okay. But you also need to understand something that they're incompatible. You saying that you're in the light. See, a lot of people sort of deceive themselves that they're okay being the way they are, even though they're saved, they can, you know, they can do these things. And we need to understand that there are some things that you really should not be doing. You can, but you shouldn't be. Some, someday you're going to answer, have to answer for all of it. Amen? And just because they think they can do it down here, get away with it, they actually are not. In fact, verse 11 tells us that the more you do suffer, that the more blind you become to the things that you, you have excused yourself for doing wrong and after a while you don't even realize you're doing the wrong thing because you've deceived yourself to such a degree. That's why I said these are some very powerful things. This is where you start to, you know, we start to pull apart the psyche of those people that seem to be contradictions. Do you understand? They say they're Christian, but dear God, they don't behave like Christians. And yet they insist that they have a relationship with God. Yeah, 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 of course, you know, I pray and things happen too. And then you think, pray to who? Because no. <laughs> okay. remember, he says you need to be in the light in order to have God there talking to you. He's, you know, you can't take darkness into the light. Amen? Remember, the light dispels darkness. So if you're there and you think you're having fellowship with something, it ain't God. If you're in darkness, you know what I'm trying to say? That's the reason why the first thing that you do, and let me just finish with this. The first thing that you do whenever you go into prayer is First 1 John 1, nine. If we acknowledge our sin. And you know what? Can I say this? You won't have to uh, wait for God to tap you on the shoulder. As soon as you go into prayer, I, I will almost guarantee you the first thing that will come up is whatever is getting in the way of Him talking to you. And when that happens, don't defend it. (laughs) Okay? We are so good at defending our actions. Don't defend it. As soon as you go to that place and God says something to you, just say, oh, sorry God. You know, that should be it. Because all the other stuff is going to go all the way around and come back to sorry God. How long are you going to get back to the sorry God part? Because after that, then we'll start making progress. Everything before that is a waste of time. Pride wastes time. Did you get that? When you go to God, go with a humble heart. He says you did something wrong, don't go, well, I didn't think, no, 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 (laughs) don't go there, don't go there, okay? He says you did something wrong, you say, I'm sorry, what should I have done? See, that's the right question. And then He'll let you know. And then do that. That's where you begin. That's where you progress from. That way you are in the light as He is in the light. Hallelujah. And then in time, your light will so shine that every door will begin to open for you. Amen. All right, that's walking in the light. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. Let's conclude for today. Father, we thank You today for Your Word. And we thank You, Father, for all the wisdom.